Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Forgiveness and awakening. In this podcast, Eckhart talks with a live audience about forgiveness. He says, most of us carry resentments or grievances. Eckhart calls them internal dark spots that block consciousness from emerging and strengthen the ego. True forgiveness, he says, is not something we make happen. It arises naturally when we're connected to the deeper essence of who we are. The ego loves grievances, but as long as you carry even one grievance, and grievance is a long-standing resentment, Resentment could be short-lived, but, but grievance tends to be a very long thing. It goes on and on. <laughs> At least that's how I define it. The grievance goes on and on, and you carry it in your, in your mind. And even just one surviving grievance in you can prevent you from fully accessing presence, from actually fully awakening. It's a dark, a dark spot in you that prevents consciousness from arising fully. So you have to be really very careful that see what they do to you and see that the addiction to a grievance is only what is addicted is your false. The personality derives, the egoic personality, the ego derives sustenance from the grievance and strength from the grievance. So if you harbor a grievance, that means that the egoic self is still operating. It is not you who is harboring the grievance. It's the ego in you that is harboring the grievance. So if you have a surviving grievance in you towards another person, you need to know that ultimately it's not you. It's the ego. It's still operating. So you can develop in other areas of your life, and the ego can remain in you even can it attach itself, let's see, you're awakening beautifully, but there's one corner in your mind where the ego survives because it has attached itself to a grievance. <laughs> and there can be other corners too where the ego can attach itself to anything to do with the past. It attaches itself to a particular thing in your mind and there it's waiting. And occasionally it can then even in other situations, the ego can still come back more easily because it's there, it's still feeding on the grievance. So it's not, it's not starving, it's still feeding on this grievance that you harbor. So ultimately forgiveness is to, to realize that the dimension in you, which is the 
the deeper half, remember you are the two halves, you are the personality, the person, and you have the unconditioned, the deep I. So by being the deeper half, the deep I, nothing ever was done to that deep I. Perhaps something was done for the deep I to be obscured completely, but the, the deep I in itself is beyond anything that could be done to it. Nobody can injure it. That is untouchable. It is invulnerable. It is the formless dimension in you. Once you can sense that in yourself, forgiveness becomes very easy because not only are you present when you sense that in yourself, but also you are connected with a dimension in which nothing ever happened to you. Nothing ever happened at the, this deepest dimension. And then the forgiveness happens almost automatically because nothing ever happened to who you are in the essence of your being. And that's an amazing realization. And it's not something that you arrive at through thinking or through some mental act of forgiveness as if forgiveness was something that you could do. You can't really do forgiveness. The true forgiveness arises spontaneously from the essence of who you are. And that includes forgiveness of yourself. If in the past, this is a question I'm often asked, people carry a sense of guilt around, and that is very similar to the grievance. That again is guilt, is like, like grievance, it is a mental-emotional entity that you carry within you. And you need to know that, that that's what it is. And forgiveness here, forgiveness to yourself for something that you did in the past and you now recognize as bad in whatever way, as immoral, as you recognize, because now you're much more conscious than you were when you did that, but you still may carry this deep sense of guilt. And how do you get rid of that? First, you need to observe that this lives in you as a mental-emotional energy field. And as long as you identify with it, it becomes part of your ego. The ego is form identity. The ego would prefer to have something great to identify with, but it will readily also identify with something bad. And then you have a conceptual identity of yourself as a person who is bad. I'm a bad person because I did that. Conceptual sense of self, conceptual reality again arises. And that does not help anybody. It causes you to be stuck in ego and unconsciousness. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. 
Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. So again here, guilt dissolves. Guilt involves forgiveness of yourself. Again, it's not something you can do. It's something that arises when you go deep enough so that you realize the essence of who you are. And you, of course, as you know, you realize it beyond conceptualization. The essence of who you are is presence, conscious presence, alert, stillness, awareness. And you can sense the essence of who you are. Then there's no reference anymore to anything in your mind or your emotional field that gives you an identity. You know that this is this unconscious action happened through you because when this happened, you manifested in this form basically your evolutionary stage. Nobody can act beyond the evolutionary state of their consciousness. So you acted out the unconscious state of humanity. It manifested through you. That happens continuously. And there is ultimately no true I in it. There is no true identity in it. If you look to that for your identity, you are lost again in egoic identity and you are unconscious again. You recognize, and perhaps you take action to do something good. You might want to either, you might talk to that person or not. All this is secondary. You will know what is right to do if, there, if there's anything to do. But the main thing is that you go deep enough and when you're there and know who you are beyond form, then forgiveness arises automatically. You don't have to do it. So that's either with reference to yourself or reference to another person. So that's extremely important. There are pockets of egoic identity, so you have to be alert so that if they exist in you, non-forgiveness in whatever form, grievance, guilt, all those things, need to be very, very conscious of that and see, find the space where nothing ever happened there. At this deepest level, nothing was ever done to you. And that's an enormous sense of freedom. But unfortunately, it deprives the ego, unfortunately to the ego, it, it deprives the ego from one of its favorite identities, and that's victim. So the ego loves to see yourself as a victim or a victor, but victim is more common. I wonder why. Well, not so many people can say, now I have triumphed, I am the great one for a little while. And then that dissolves. But this victim identity is very strong and it's there when you have one element of the grievance towards another person is always 
that you have become in the past a victim of that person, one way or another. One could almost even say that if you harbor guilt and you identify with the guilt, even there there is an element of victimhood. You become a victim of yourself, of your own past. <laughs> a very subtle thing, this, this victimhood. And the ego loves it. And it's there in a small way, even when, whenever you complain about something, but there's no possibility of, of, of any change at this moment by voicing your complaint. So you're complaining uselessly, either in your mind or out aloud, about a place that you are at, there's something wrong with it, a person, there's something wrong with him or her, they're not doing what they should be doing, or they're doing the wrong thing, or they, there's something about them that's not right, or they failed to do, but they should have done that, but did do that, all kinds of things. It could be complaining about what you're doing. You're doing it, but you don't want to be doing this. It's awful to have to do this, but you're doing it every day of your life. It's awful, but I'm doing it. Just I'm stuck in this dreadful job. Low many areas where you complain. You complain about, you can abstract things, government, politicians, or you single out a few. And there's always an element of Victimhood is an element of, very often, moral superiority because when you're a victim, that automatically makes you, this is an unconscious process behind it, it automatically makes you morally superior to whoever made you into a victim. Or whatever situation you're complaining about, you are pronouncing judgment, therefore you're elevating yourself to judge, you're judging this situation as wanting, insufficient, not good enough. Therefore, one can even be morally superior to a situation. <laughs> you can complain about the state of humanity, how dreadfully that is. If I would complain about God, of course God doesn't exist, otherwise there wouldn't be all that suffering in this world. I would do it differently. <laughs> so, very subtle things, but these old things are easy to recognize when you're, when you're present within. I just mentioned them because these are so common. Well, I said they're easy to recognize. Sometimes they are not even that easy to recognize, and that is why I mentioned it. So what be, be alert, watch, be alert. Jesus says somewhere in the Gospels, watch, watch, be alert, watch. I don't think he said be alert, but Watch, be watchful, so that as you go back into your normal life situation, in any situation, starts with going away from here, be aware of especially the background dimension of the deep eye. When you are going into the bus, or the car, or the plane, as you start thinking again about what, what you have to do tomorrow, or next week, the continuous practice of being aware of the background awareness. Aware of awareness. It's a single thing, but it sounds like two things when you talk about it. <laughs> Be aware 
of awareness. Be aware of yourself as the awareness. That is the continuous practice and sometimes the awareness will be perhaps when you're sitting on a bus traveling to Calgary or something like that. So you're sitting on the bus and you're contemplating nature which is better than thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow. You're contemplating nature and while you're contemplating nature you sense this underlying presence at the same time. You're present. Then the personality is receded. The deeper I is perceiving through you. It is you through the form. And then you step, let's say you fly back somewhere, you, then you're at the airport, checking in. If you're lucky, you get your first challenge there to practice with. <laughs> Small challenge, two-hour delay to your flight. Oh, okay, it's fine. <laughs> I don't mind, I'm spiritual. <laughs> That's not the right approach, of course. <laughs> the flight is cancelled. That's a slightly bigger one. Okay. <laughs> that's what is, undoubtedly. Whether you argue with it or not, that's what is. The Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. The only gain you have when you argue with what is, is the ego grows. It's a gain to the ego, not to you. If you can stop arguing with the simple isness of the present moment, you're basically spiritual master. It's as simple as that. The difference between you and the, and the Zen master who looks like this great stern figure, he's no longer arguing with the isness of this moment. He doesn't know more than you. You probably know more than most spiritual teachers that ever lived in the sense of data or information or so-called education. Undoubtedly, everybody here knows more than Jesus did in terms of information or data, obviously, he didn't have reference to, he couldn't Google anything. <laughs> and the Buddha, too, it's not more knowledge that makes you into a spiritually advanced or enlightened or awake being, it's something else. It is non-resistance to the isness of life, which is always now. That's a huge portal to the deep eye. People tell me sometimes that's so difficult. That's the wrong way around. The other way is makes life so difficult. <laughs> Continuously arguing with the essence of this moment, that makes life into a huge burden. <laughs> it's so difficult to be allowed to say yes to this moment. 
It is. It's a habit, a mental habit that's been there for thousands of years. It may be, yes, it may be difficult to break this habit, but once, when you're there, you realize that's the only easy way to live, the only way that produces a flow to your life is to let go of arguing with the isness of this moment. And also, that's the end of the ego, because it couldn't survive without the food of arguing the isness of what is. And the dysfunctional thinking, a lot of that is to do with arguing with what is, trying to get away from it, arguing with it. So to welcome what is, is an amazing spiritual practice. But that means no matter what form it takes, and if you cannot welcome it, you can accept it, this is what is. You almost, we could say you welcome it, you, you might not necessarily say, let's say, say your flight is cancelled, you might not necessarily say, great, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> because that would be, probably, you would be doing this because you want to strengthen your spiritual, your identity again. It's just, that's what is, okay, right. The amount of thinking you do, useless thinking, immediately diminishes. Because when you no longer argue with what is, you think much less. In fact, in order to truly accept the essence of this moment, you have to let go of thinking, for at least in that moment, because that's just the essence of it. Okay. And then the next thing arises. And then it becomes habitual that immediately you're aligned with the isness. That's the enlightened state. You may remember the story, I've told it once or twice before, or more times. The disciple who came to the master and said, I'm going away now, I want to leave you for a year because I'm not finding enlightenment with you, so maybe I'll find it somewhere else. Can you give me some advice, though? What's my spiritual practice during that year while I seek out other situations and other experiences? And the Master said, yes, wherever you go, whatever situation you find yourself in and whatever happens to you, say these words. Thanks for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. <laughs> and that's your spiritual practice. Okay, I can do that. And after a year, he came back to the master and said, well, did you do your spiritual practice? Uh, he said, yes, but it didn't work. And then the master said, thanks for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. <laughs> and at that moment, the disciple became enlightened. Before, of course, he was just repeating the words. And suddenly, he went where the words pointed to. Is, wouldn't that be amazing? Whatever happens to you, you have this, not the words anymore, but you have the attitude. Thanks for everything. Thanks for this. I have no complaint whatsoever. And then have no complaint. <laughs> it would transform your life, obviously. And I'm giving you this because as a, the leaving presence, because you, you are like the disciple, no, hopefully you're not like the disciple, because the disciple didn't get it. He stayed for years with the Master and he didn't get it. But it is a very powerful spiritual practice, 
and it, yes, of course, it requires presence, and it's not in the words. The words are just the signposts to that inner state. And of course, thanks for everything implies gratitude and it implies appreciation of everything. So you don't wait until something unpleasant happened so that then you apply thanks for everything, I have no complaint whatsoever. No, the thanks for everything and the absence of complaint is in, er in every moment. You don't have to wait for a bad thing to, in order to practice alignment with the present moment. Then it probably wouldn't work. You have to you appreciate the present moment in all its little manifestations, the many, many things that you, you will habitually overlook, all the beauty around you, the aliveness around you, that you appreciate, and that is part of the thanks for everything, thanks for this. When you look at the glass, as I'm doing it again, there's a glass of water, the light shines in, and it sparkles here and there, and there's a little bit of a rainbow effect, and it's an amazing aliveness. This glass of water, it's the glass sparkles and the water in the glass, and, and the, it reflects the light. And if only for, for five seconds I look at this, and appreciate it instead of reducing it just to an utilitarian thing that I, I use in the service of something else, which would be drinking. A very big difference. I appreciate the otherwise hidden things in this life, and we are surrounded by them. So you no longer have to repeat in your mind, okay, you may want to occasionally as a, as a signpost, Thank you for this glass of water. That's okay, but the deeper appreciation is beyond words. So let's have a moment of stillness. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.